the story of RR1 continues. All right. All right. A little hollow notes action. <laughs> yeah, this song always, I always wonder what he can't go for. Uh, who the fuck knows? He won't, won't let his lady peg him or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Since, since we're talking about asses. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a little different. Yeah. I'm, try, I'm trying to light, lighten the mood here. <laughs> but to make you and the audience, all the listeners at home imagine Daryl Hall getting pecked by a lady. I don't or, think that's or, or I, fella. I don't think a lot of people have a hard time envisioning that. No, I'm sure I'm sure that's the 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 setting of lots of slash fiction. I don't, I don't feel like Hall or Oates you'd have a hard time picturing. Well, they they they'd be different. The two different types of gay guys, you know. But like, yeah, Oates especially is a. It's, a, it's almost like a from central casting type of gay guy. Beautiful. <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, I'd imagine that Hall would be a bottom. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they appreciate us. It's very 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 heterosexual men. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't really know what they were, but. I don't know much about their personal lives. I know nothing about all of this, except for he can't go for this. Yeah. That, um, well, later he talks about man-eaters. No, that was good. Yeah, <laughs> there's that as well. So. Yeah. yeah, I guess you could construct all kinds of scenarios just from their silly-ass songs, but... <laughs> yeah. You know, the 80s were a different time. They were. <laughs> they were. Like, what's his name? What's that song? Which like is, a Rock? That's that. That's Bob Seger. That, Bob, that's Bob, a whole Bob, Bob Seger wrote a whole bunch of songs that were the same way. Like that you could really interpret, yeah. Against the wind. <laughs> so you're saying against the wind is about asses? <laughs> it's about flatulence. Possibly. It's about farts. Against the wind. He's running against. You, can't, you can't run. You can't run away from that. <laughs> that kind of wind. He, maybe he's the one creating the wind. He's running against the wind to get away from his own body. Yeah, right. It's, a, it's about a real epic fart. Yeah. It blows back in his face. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> We're talking about the 80s, right? Yes. That's how we got here, the 80s. And Hollow what a, what a lovely decade. Yep, but some I sort of connected to Hollow Notes, sexual preferences. How did you said, how did you know about this queer thing? Like, how, how does that start? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's. You really, said it was really early, though. Yeah, like, but I didn't, you know, you're a kid, so you don't recognize it for what it is. Yeah. Um,. I just always really liked girls. Like, I thought they were pretty and, like, I don't I'm know. I'm with you, what's not to like? Sweet. <laughs> yeah. and, I don't know, boys were my friends. Yeah. Like, and, 
Yeah, I just didn't know that that's what it was until I got a little bit older. I think at 11 was when I really figured it out, though. So I went to a friend's house uh -huh. for a sleepover. Mm. And, uh, yeah, she was developing a lot faster than I am. And mm -hmm. I just remember us, like, you know, like kids do, they change yeah. in front of each other. And I, me being like, oh, well that, oh, hmm. Maybe I should leave the room. <laughs> like, I felt <laughs> oh, inappropriate. Yeah. Oh. Like, I was witnessing. Oh, like you were in the room with a grown-up or something? No, I just yeah. felt like... I, knew I didn't know what my feelings were. Oh. You know? Like, feelings were being stirred, and I didn't know what, what to make of them. Um, and there was those... Were those... Were they feelings that had been directed at, at boys, too, or no? Not... not I mean, but, boys... It's weird. They were your friends. I didn't think. I mean, yeah. I had. I thought boys were cute too. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the pure face of queer. I don't fall in to one category or the other. I don't. You know, like I'm not a lesbian. I'm not. Well, I mean, yeah. But does anybody know what queer even is? No, I, it's a, a queer, spectrum. Again, I was trying to. Yeah. It, when I was going to ask you this, I was trying to imagine what is not queer. Is not queer like a man like in do like in bed uh, you know missionary sex with a woman not making eye contact yeah I think, that's not queer well i mean you know? i guess sure i guess it's a matter <laughs> and of and everything opinion. else is queer right? i mean it, it could be queer <laughs> yeah if the people doing it, it just because the people are doing all those things yeah no i just wondered mean, about it. it it's not it doesn't matter one way or the other to me but well, what is I mean, what is queer queer means it's like everything it's just like well Practical. Do you remember that game Smear the Queer when we were kids? No, I didn't play that. There was a game with, yeah, it was the weirdo. Queer meant the weirdo. Queer, yeah, queer the, in the old sense. Yeah. Before the sexual sense. Mm -hmm. the yeah, queer I mean, is like odd, you know, or like an outcast or like not not normal. Yeah, but what is normal? Yeah. So it, you have to define normality at the same but way. But at, at some point a long, long time ago, gay person of some kind decided that this was a way or or it was an insult actually or, queer, or was it queer now has changed yeah um i know a so, lot, I mean, it's I know a lot so much. older people who are in the gay community that mm -hmm. hate that word they will not let queer use the word queer because it was an offensive term yeah and um it was used against them right it's more in the last like i would have to say 30 years that that term has been adopted. Right. And I think that that also had to do with finding more of a spectrum and not just having it be you're gay or you're lesbian right, you or you're bi. Right, because you have that gender queer. Right. Gender queer is like, who the fuck like this? Me. I guess I would identify as, I identify now as non-binary. And that's after the years of like, me listening to people describe what I'm supposed to be and going, oh, that's the one that's most like me. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, how much of it is what other people say or you know, what, what you actually feel, or it's just a response to what yeah. they're what they're laying on you. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, well, I mean, it's like any time that happens. Yeah. You know, societal. But yeah, to answer your, 
I mean, I just kind of always knew. But at 11, like, you were changing with the girl with the, who had developed. I realized that, yeah, <laughs> I was having some kind of feeling yeah. that wasn't, that was other than just like, oh, she's my friend and I want to sleep at her house. <laughs> right. I may want to sleep with her. But you know, with not even real, because you're so young. Yeah. Yeah. What would that even mean for, yeah. for an 11 year old? Well, but see, then that, some but that's, year old that's probably where there. all of these things like get muddy and like messed up is because when you go through sexual trauma at such a young age, yeah. people wonder what your regular development is like, you know? And so is that around the same time as the whole thing in the camp happened? Yeah. Yeah, that, it was like around the same. It was like around 11, right? Yeah, it was the same year. Yeah. It was the same year. I would have to say it was before I went to camp. Yeah. But. That was like a key year for. Isn't that time for a lot of kids? I mean, when you're like 10, 11, 12, your hormones start to change. Like, you just become awkward. Isn't that when boys' nipples start to hurt, from what I understand? <laughs> Never had that. Apparently, it's a thing. I did not know. <laughs> but it also makes sense because of our ways our bodies develop, and then we yeah. have all the same organs. So why wouldn't that organ, at the same time girls were having it, yeah. change? I guess it so. Change. Yeah. Yeah. Glands I don't remember. Yeah, I don't ever remember having that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it's a requirement. Yeah, 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 I feel so deprived. <laughs> There's a pain I didn't get to have. Bummer. Yeah. But it's not for me. It's like people who have no cramps versus really bad cramps. All different types of things. I just went through uh, last night at the bar. We were talking about because Halloween's coming up. I'm covering Friday. Here I am. We're gonna dress up or not? Oh, because my door, up? my doorman is is the doorman on Fridays too. But I told them just remember like it is but it's been many years since I've dressed up for Halloween. Like since I was with Shane. I know. That was I was gonna I was gonna say that. She was really into that. Yeah. But uh, then we're talking about it's also about time to get the photos in for the rainbow calendar. Oh is it? Yeah, uh, yeah it's about a month left. <laughs> if you'd like to make one, submit some. I've, yeah. I've never been on the. You've never been on them? No. Maybe you'll make it. I've I can't never, guarantee it, but like, no. I'm not. I also not the chooser, you know. But oh, I, I'm, well, yeah. I'm on many, many of them. I like, know you are. Uh, You're in a ton of them. But the one I remember because of the conversation was the one with me and Tracy with me and the clown mask. Yeah, I remember which that. Which I drove around. It was in two. I couldn't remember, but I, I found it. I have it. 2009. Wow. Uh, so that means that would have happened in 2008. Yeah. Like the photo, you know. I remember that photo. I remember that calendar. I drove around in my cab that way and scared the shit out mm-hmm. of, including many, many gay people in, in Boys Town. Yep. There's this one gay guy who was memorable. He, he was afraid to get in my cab. I don't blame I, him. Because I kept the mask on the whole Because you're a dick. <laughs> That's me. I mean, how... <laughs> I don't know that I would have, outside of knowing you, if my cab driver showed up with a mask on, I'd be like, I'm going to get in your car. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, know that I would. You know, I, I, I haven't 
as an adult dressed up many times, I'm gonna fucking do it. I'm gonna commit to the bit all the way. You know, like. What are you gonna dress up? Uh, I mean, it won't be. I, I have a couple of masks that are pretty cool, like old, like kind of like Comedia dell'arte it's to sell masks. Nice. Maybe some the maybe dye dye the beard black or something like that. That weird, like get that spray stuff. Yeah, because because one of the masks I'm probably gonna wear at two, the one that fits a little bit easier has a black mustache. It's a red face. It's like a kind of like a devil, a devil like yeah. the devil face with the yeah. That. Exactly what you're talking about. It's a classic. It's yeah. from when I was a kid. I went with my dad to we got it in Florence. It's not a great. It's just a. It's just a like a paper mache one. I have another one that's leather that's, that I bought more recently. That's really. It's a real com comedia mask. That's crazy. But it's yeah. I just like for some reason I really wanted it, so I bought it. Because it's cool looking. Theater troupe. Yeah, it's really cool, but it's it's kind of tight. So like I imagine like bartending for five hours in it will be maybe a bit much. of a struggle. Yeah. Although if it, it's like. It's beige, so like it fits. Like I wouldn't have to do anything. It's the same color as my face. Like, so I. It may be a lot for five hours. Then. Yeah. So one of those, and just yeah, not much more. I don't need much more, you know. No. One year I wore a T-shirt that said, "This is my Halloween costume." Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> don't really so yeah, I, I'm waiting on my co-bartender. See if, if he, he has to sign up. He has to sign off on yeah. it, or, or we're not doing it. Yeah. That must be nice. Somebody else to make your decision. Uh, you know. Well, I don't. I don't want to be the one. The one wet noodle, not not dressed up if everybody else is. That's nice of you. I'll take one for the team. It's not that important to me, but you know. Yeah, well, it's also not so terrible to be a different person for a night either. You know? I can, if, if, if a mask is all it took, Jesus Christ. Sometimes it is. Yeah. Noted. No, I mean, like, eyes wide shut. Like, I think that's a great example of uh, an atmosphere where that was fine. Lots of people didn't know each other were. I think they all do. Okay. They're playing. They're making. They're playing. <laughs> they're playing pretend. They were playing pretend. Yeah. Playing I pretend. think they all know who, who they were. Yes. <laughs> what was the other thing was that struck me? Uh, well, but like so far in our conversations, the only kind of positive, like kind of male figure is your grandfather. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that yeah. pretty pretty much it? Yeah, I mean there are some people in and, town like that were friends of the family uh -huh. that I, I really enjoyed. Yeah. I always that is the weird thing, I always had a closeness to men. Yeah. Even though I wasn't I grew up in such a strange but I mean that's the thing about the situation is like when you have two parents that are dysfunctional, you're, you still intuitively try to ingratiate yourself to one of them because they're the only, they're the two people that have to take care of you. So right. the lesser of two evils comes. Out. So 
you would say you would say your father was the lesser of two evils. Yeah. Wow. That's 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 quite that's quite a statement considering what your father did. Yeah. Yeah. He, but when you have somebody else who like like I said before, you know you have you have to see. Psychoanalyzing my mom don't want to do, but borderline personality disorder is such a fucking thing, man. Like it is all encompassing. By the way, before we go on, uh, like yeah, you've mentioned like a couple of kind of psychoanalytic terms for your mom, but these are things that you you've settled on like later in life, or these like, are things for describing that have been di- di- diagnosed later. Oh, she was that. Yeah. Somebody actually diagnosed her that from, way. From what I understand, yes. Oh. From what I have been informed, I mean, I wasn't there, I wasn't present. But she so. she went to a, a place and they told her that that's what she was. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, you can't continuously. Why was was it a, voluntarily she went? I believe so. I think it was when my parents went through their divorce. That all of these things kind of kept, became clear to her, and how long ago was? Oh God! You you're long out of the house by then. I was long out of the house, and like I already lived in Chicago. Oh, you were in Chicago. Right? Yeah, yeah. I was, and my sister was the only one. I think my sister had graduated high school. Yeah, it was empty nester. Nobody was there anymore. Mm. So it was kind of like they had they, they had to they deal divorced. with each other. Oh, and they were that's like, when they realized, oh no, this <laughs> can't go on. This, yeah. this isn't fun. We shouldn't continue. So, yeah, no, she's, as far as I understand, been diagnosed and now, you know, works with a therapist and things like that, which is needed when you have a condition like that, right? Mm. Well, I mean, I sympathize with my mom because she didn't know for the longest time. And to have your emotions. Have that much of a effect over you yeah. has to be dismaying. Yeah. You know, in the least. But she had so many other pressures too. Mm-hmm. So you know, she was running the business and coming home and making dinner every night. Yeah. Baking breakfast every morning. Like, that wasn't a man's work. She you, was you, very. She. My mom. My mom worked full time. My mom made every goddamn meal we ever ate. Like she did the laundry. She. Oh, she had somebody who came once a week to help her at the house, like that would clean, yeah. like dust and vacuum and stuff, yeah. and help with some of the laundry. But yeah, otherwise, every single day, which is nobody lives like that anymore, for the no, most part. Not, yeah, not too many. But like, and you, you're saying like, and she was the greater of the two evils for you personally. Well, yeah, because it was physical. It was, it was, it was, it was loud and in your face and reactionary. And, and it was a like daily thing. Like absolutely, yeah. Like at the end of this journal I'm about to give you, mm-hmm. you're gonna notice that I I I, I read it today because I was curious. The last page. Remind me, from what time? From this, when is this it? This journal is from when I was in fifth grade. The, the year I was in fifth grade, to, or sixth grade. So how old is that? Sixth grade, uh, 11. So that's the, it's the same, yeah, this, same year. The same key year we keep yeah. kind of circling around. 
Oh, between yeah. 11 and 12. Is yeah, that's like when all the shit really hit the Really when everything kind of, hit the yeah. fan, yeah. Um, yeah, but at the end of it, I wrote, I wrote like a, a thing saying that I thought my mom had my letters, which were the letters I had from friends and stuff. You know, just... That you'd saved? Yeah. And that she was reading my stuff. And, the, like, the journal's only a quarter yeah. inch thick. You know, like an inch thick. And she thick. was reading that, too, or no? Well, I knew she was. That's why I put that in there. Like, oh. I stopped... You were I sending her messages. You were kind of, like, sending her messages. After that, I did not write until I wrote that three years ago. Mm. I was so terrified of people going through my belongings and You didn't reading. feel like you had a private I would, space. You could, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, thoughts into. I would write poetry, cryptic ass, yeah. and I would write it in like a third person, like, yeah, sure. where it wasn't me. Um, that's what people do. I mean, that's yeah. that's what poetry is. You know, like, that's where all the poetry comes from, I think. Yes. That was the only way I felt safe writing things down. I didn't keep journals or anything. She would just go through my shit whenever she wanted. There was no privacy. Yeah. There was also no freedom. Like, mm -hmm. There was no like I can. I love watching these shows today where people look at their parents and they're like, "I'm going out tonight." It's like, are you? <laughs> like just to tell my parents, I'm yeah. I'm going out with. Like, no. What show? What show do they say that on? I don't even know what I was watching recently. <laughs> I, I mean, it's every show. It's just every, it's just every show, like with teenagers now. Like, you see them and they're like, they have a control over their life that was definitely not present when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, you had to get everything checked off the list. You were going nowhere. Yeah, well, for better and worse, yeah, all those relationships have really changed and the laws and other, like, other consequences of parents, you know, imposing their will. Oh, yeah. Very different than they were used to Thank be. Thank God. Yes. So that part's <laughs> good, but there's also consequences that are not good. Yeah. You know, like, you get somebody that, they're not, it's not that the, these kids are feral or anything. They're, they're, it's actually quite the opposite. They, like, they, they, they stay children, they remain infantile and have have parents that are sort of like just do something they're like yeah they're like apps that do stuff for them like instead of them learning how to do everything yeah. they have people that pay for things and like do their fucking laundry or whatever they never learn how to cook they never learn how to yeah. keep house because because all that shit's done for them yeah i don't know yeah, but I mean, isn't that been the bane of society our whole time? Like, I feel like there's always been groups of people sitting around talking about the privilege. How it used to be? Yeah, or, you know, how privileged people can be in comparison to people who are not, you know? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, if people are really honest with themselves, they, they can handle in sober about it. There's an ebb and flow. And you know, family's fortunes change. You know, mm -hmm. like yeah, I I had a much more privileged upbringing than my parents did. You know, yeah. for sure. And not not at first, but as as they acclimated to America, you know, like I had opportunities that they couldn't have fucking dreamed of. You know, yeah, without a doubt. Oh my God, of course. Uh, but that's the progression of time in general. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, 
throughout history we were propelled forward. No, and so I never, I never felt any envy towards like what my parents went through at all. Yeah. Like, but I guess some people, and and I've no nostalgia, you know. For, I don't know. I've no nostalgia for my fucking childhood, and I didn't, I didn't go through half the like the traumatic shit that you're telling me about, like you know, like. Yeah, but you went through your own set of. Yeah, yeah. I, I went through some shit, but like. Uh, which I'll never go back to, but I also don't. I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not big on either nostalgia or romanticizing shit. You know, like um, everybody. Everybody has their cross to bear. You know, and you have to respect that. <laughs> Completely. Uh, well, I think the hardest part too is for a lot of people to put yourself, to take yourself out of that perspective, and remember being that young or being that old or. Yeah the possibility of being that, you know, putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. Yeah. Looking at it from the lens in which the world was viewed, the time in which these things happened. Yeah, I'm still, yeah, there's probably not an answer to this. So yeah, what I get stuck on is this thing of your dad being the lesser of two evils. You, may, you get stuck on that? Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what. It's because my mom I'm, was so violent. Right. My mom was physically violent. So in contrast, what your father was doing was like not as bad. Yeah. He didn't feel like at the time. No. Even though it went on for years. I thought my dad loved me. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, but and that's what I guess it was a kind of love. I guess what, in a way. That's what predators I mean, do, though. Yeah. They tell you, like that's what. That's what makes That's the, the transition from childhood into sexuality, like what we were talking about earlier, so difficult. Because you feel all these confused feelings, because you start to realize that that is a part of, like, sexuality is a part of a whole part of you that you didn't even know existed yet. Right. Well, you you didn't realize you'd been sexualized. Right. Yeah, I mean, how, at 11, how, how much could you connect, like, weird feelings, whatever feelings you had with the, the sleepover party girl with what was the other thing that was happening. That was far, that was far worse for me. Because the, the, the thing... How, was there any connection between those two things? No. It, yeah, that's... Well, I mean, just the regular... I also had grown up incredibly religious where I was, where, I, you know, it's like Southern Baptist, Southern Christian. And to be queer, to be gay at all, was you were going to hell. So like oh, yeah. immediately, that was all I could think so about. So you were bad because you were having feelings that were not against God. God whatever, against yeah. The church commanded. What, or yeah, yeah, whatever's interpreted. Yeah. Which is funny because the the Bible never actually talks about female and female interactions. They only talk about male on male, and that's because of the time in which it was written was during the Roman Empire when they were trying to <laughs> dismantle it. Like, yeah, uh, it's hilarious. Yeah. The, the Bible never talks about female sexual behavior. Of course not. The Bible wasn't written by women. No? <laughs> and, yeah, women were there to, to make babies and to do chores. Yes. Uh, that's that was the society that the Bible was. Aren't they still here for that? Oh shit! <laughs> Why the fuck am I stuck doing the laundry then? God damn it! I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> you have to have a female in your life first. 
There's a nice picture of, uh, so I went through all these, the rainbow calendars. There's a nice one of me and Shay. I won one of them, like 2012. <laughs> that was the year I left Todd. Yeah. 2012, yeah, 2012. 2012 was a good year. <laughs> 2012 was a pretty good year for me. Well, it was probably the best year for me and Shay. Because yeah. then the year after that, we moved in. I moved in, and that was the beginning of the end. I shouldn't have ever moved there. Yeah. In retrospect. But, well, I moved in after, like, you know, we broke it up, and I had the thing with Natasha, and like, it was a fucking disaster. It was an overcompensation. Oh, you think? Yeah. I'm glad married. you didn't have a baby. Or get, or get even get married. married. Instead of getting married, we had an art show at the Rainbow Club. <laughs> we're gonna get married. We were all set. We had a date, everything. You get married in the backyard of the Rainbow. Secret hidden backyard. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was a really nice picture. Good. I forgot. I didn't. Remember that we took one for the calendar. Yeah, at some point you guys liked each other. Yeah, no. No, the fucked up thing is that that's it's the most adult, like, long term relationship I ever had. Like, the most successful one. Ever. How long have you Five years. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, it's the longest I've ever gone with anything. And then, like, later on, you know, these girls were having some rounds of drinks. Not really close to my Successful relationships. <laughs> Not so good at that. I'm a, I'm a really fucking kick ass ex boyfriend. She really fucked that up. Well, <laughs> she, could have, she could have had me doing like chores and favors for her for decades. But she fucked that all up. It's true. That's <laughs> true. You tend to stay friends. There's several others that are taking full advantage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some which is fine. Yeah, I make a very good ass. <laughs> Not the best boyfriend. Are you listening out there? <laughs> if you need a good ex-boyfriend. Yeah. There's a new... What is it? D. Samuel. New Tinder category. Ex-boyfriend to future ex-boyfriend. We go on one day, you dub me, and then... I do everything for you forever. I'm your slave for different next for life. Sounds like some BDSM stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're not here to psychoanalyze me. <laughs> hey, you went down this trail. Are we here to psychoanalyze me? Not really. Did you read that article about the flash ones? Kind of skimmed it. Why did you give me that one? Well, just because, because, like, okay, so when I was a little girl at, like, six months, I almost died. Yeah. And had to have, like, an emergency surgery. And then I got washed away in a flash flood. I was in a car accident and almost killed by a drunk driver. And Stella Dallas and I were talking about, like, before I started this with you, it's like, she's like, you had a ton of childhood traumas that had already happened, like, that yeah. happened, but then you had all this other stuff on top of it. It's like, most people would be devastated by the car accident, or yeah. the flash flood, or, you know? The other thing I don't remember, because I was so little, but, um, yeah. Also, it's just... Uh, 
funny, weird ass story, and it's poorly written. <laughs> That's part of why I wanted you to read it. So many news articles are. Very <laughs> Yeah. No, we've just been discussing all the other things that should be enough trauma for one person. Yeah, you, yeah. Apparently, you, you, were, you, you got a ge- generous helping. I did. <laughs> you were blessed with more gifts than some. I, I'm a glutton for it, apparently. So I, yeah, the other day, like when you called me about the thing at the. The arcade made me think of. So, I think pretty much every woman I've been with has at least like a harassment story. Most of them have rape stories. Yeah. It's so fucked up. But I remember talking with one of my exes about that movie. Evil Dead. Yeah. I think it's the first one where there's a woman that gets raped by a tree, basically. Yeah. yeah. And how, how fucked up that was for her. But for me, like, I just thought that was a gnarly thing that happened in a horror movie. And just hearing her talk about it, how she couldn't watch that. How it triggered something. Yeah. It made me think of what you were talking about, these, like, guys that had... I'm sure it felt like they were completely like innocent at first and he's talking about whatever the fuck they were talking about at the next day. They were at the next table from you or No, they were right next to me at the bar. Oh at the oh at the bar. Yeah. I've never been in there. I don't know how it's it's like an arcade, right? You never been in Logan Hardware? No. Yeah. With Logan Hardware, yeah. It used to be the record store. Yeah. I, I was there when and, and there's an arcade in the back. So the arcade's in the back and the front now, but you know how Logan Hardware was laid out? There's the bar when you go in, I, it's and then in, so in, in the back, that's where on, they had all the records. Yeah. 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 No, I remember when it was a record store. Yeah. It was even like a record label. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but they were they were directly next to me at the bar, like just having a regular conversation so that I was not trying to pay attention to. Yeah, all. yeah, it was just like, yeah, it was just overheard. Do you think like stuff like that would have bothered you before you started like delving into this stuff with the therapy? No, not the same I mean, way. Because it's, I mean, it's 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 not good, but it's. It, that, that's not an atypical or an uncommon conversation. Yeah. Here, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, the conversation overheard was that this guy lived with somebody who was a trauma therapist. Yeah. The who, story. Who told him the best stories ever about bulimia and all this other shit. Yeah. Um, what would the best story about bulimia be? Seriously, what's, what the what, fuck? What's, what's the happy story about bulimia? There isn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's no, what I mean. No, exactly. Like, you know, not it, happy. I know, I know he was facing me, so I know he saw my face change. Like, I literally 
walked oh, out. Wait, so you're not sitting next to him. We were. They were sitting in like a horseshoe oh, shape I, oh, I at the bar. So he was facing me. Oh, and I'm saw, sitting forward. He saw you react to what he had said. Yeah, one huge eyebrow lift. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. No, it wouldn't have... Back in the day, I would laugh at Right, you you would think you'd be like one of the guys who think that was a funny, like, or just a, kind of like edgy joke or whatever. Let it roll off my back, not say anything. Yeah. Um, no, it has a profound in, different impact than it would have. But I think more so not because of him. Yeah. More of the realization that that was a therapist that was out there. Yeah. Talking about these things. Yeah, that's like another layer of fucked up than a person that's entrusted with that. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Well, and I had said to Stella today that, like, I feel like those guys were such dummies that if I had walked up to them at that moment and been like, oh, she sounds really familiar, where does she work? He would have said her name out loud. Yeah, yeah. Which could have gotten her in a ton of trouble. Yeah. But made her lose her job. But yeah, no, I had to leave there because, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. I felt so angry. It's like if anything came out of my mouth, I feel like the first part would have been fine, but if I'd had a negative reaction thrown back at me, I probably would have just punched him in the face. Yeah. But, like, I guess where I, I was wondering was, like, since you've been exploring all this stuff, it's made you more sensitive or like more open to like what it, it actually is the impact of things yeah. like that. Well, it's allowing me the room to develop my own feelings yeah. on it. I think whereas before like what happens a lot with trauma victims is that you just disassociate. Yeah. That's the most common reaction and by disassociation I mean like you literally go somewhere else. You go to your happy place. You ignore whatever's going on around you and you go to that place that makes you feel I say, right. la, 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 la. I can't yeah. hear, I can't hear the like yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well because it's such a weird thing too to like That's a, that seems like a valid response to me. To be what? To to, 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 to like shut it down, you know like to, to wall it off. It is, but then at the same time. I mean, for you, like, because it's yeah. not like you're not gonna, like as you said, like you wouldn't be able to confront these guys in a constructive way, probably at that time, and like cause any kind of self-reflection or whatever. Yeah. But even if I did, that's also that's the other thing is these things aren't my responsibility. Yeah, it's not your job to fix up yeah. these people. Yeah, it's, it's not my responsibility to be like, hey man, you're really insensitive. Did you think, like, the word trauma is used. Let's just start fucking there. Yeah. Like, maybe you shouldn't be talking he about this. He used the word trauma. Yeah, he said he trauma said, therapist. Yep. Yeah. And so it's he like, was at least aware of that term. Yeah, and aware of the severity of it. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he touched on bulimia right away is like. Right. One of the more accepted forms of. Well, I mean, you know, in the, the seri- those truly tasteless jokes, there's probably, like, chapters about Carrie Carpenter and stuff. Oh, there's tons. There's a terrible joke that I heard forever ago about um, Mama from Mama and the Papas oh, oh, well, yeah, and yeah, Karen yeah. Carpenter. Cat, Cat Sally. 
Cass Elliot. Yes, Cass Elliot. If only Cass Elliot had shared her sandwich with Karen Carpenter, they both would have played. That was a fucking joke at one point. That's not funny. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, but young. You know, a, a woman put together all those books that truly tasted jokes was a woman. Well, well of course a, it was because we know them all because they've all been spouted. A, to it was it. a doc, I watched a documentary a couple of years ago and she had a pseudonym and stuff, but like she was in publishing and she just started collecting like the work. She would just solicit because people would just tell them to yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah. But no, but she had to like the, the filmmakers were kind of confronting her and grudgingly at the end. She, she admitted that she might have done some damage to people, but like for first few interviews she absolutely defended you know her right to whatever what defend everybody but like in it but, you but know, those were her jokes all she did was compile yeah. the yeah but she made them very very much more popular than they used to be yeah but that's not her fault yeah, the, the, it's not, it's, yeah i mean that all comes down to the responsibility of yeah well, that, that, that's the that's like the Joe Rogan defense. Joe Rogan's just asking questions. He puts a mic. Oh, I know. To, to a person and like millions of millions. I know, of people but at the same time, when it comes you know? when it comes down to the freedom of speech thing, this is one hundred percent absolutely their right. Yeah. And it is very uniquely American. We may not like it. So. You said that like it wasn't. Uh, what did you say? It wasn't abuse, or it wasn't. I didn't realize that. It you was didn't realize it was. Yeah. Well, because I mean, of that wasn't clearly that wasn't what it was presented to you as. No, of course. Yeah. But it took me a long time, even after, like into my adult life, to really fully start to realize what 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 had happened um not so much what it has happened but to be able to put words to it to be able to confront it to be able to see it for what it is because why is it why is that in that in that in that context that was hard because my mom was so boombastic with all of her mental health issues and uh -huh. like her explosions, like her, her mood swings and all that, like it took up too much room for me to truly comprehend. Because this was like a, this is a, in contrast, it was like this kind of quiet, hidden thing, right? Or, right, yeah. Yeah. Like the volume, yeah, whatever. The well, when you're really, was, when you're really little, because it started when I was four. Right. When you're really little, you you, you just have no idea what's even happening. Yeah. Because whatever your parents are doing is normal, because that's your life. Right. That's your only world. Yeah. It's like four thirty. It's the only world you live in. So. Yeah. It didn't start until my mom got pregnant with my sister. Yeah. Which is pretty normal. Yeah. Uh, normal along the lines of. Because the husband feels neglected and he's gonna go express himself sexually. Somewhere. Somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. apparently. Yeah. 
So that's that's kind of why she wanted me to. I, I try to focus, trying to focus more on my dad, just because of the fact that I never have. Yeah. When he wasn't present, either. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is that, like, aside from this thing that he was doing, he seemed everything else you talked about in this is kind of remote and not checked out and not participating. Yeah, for the most part, no. I mean, he worked six days a week. He also yeah. had a farm. Mm. You know, we had, what kind of farm? We had horses, we had a couple cattle, we had a couple hogs. It was all mainly for like 4-H. Um, which it's like Farm Corp up here, I guess. I don't know. There's some yeah. different name for it up here. <laughs> but down south, it's called 4-H. Um, the, the 4-H club, right? Mm -hmm. The 4-H club, yeah. I don't even know, I know I know that term, I don't really, can you explain what that is? Yeah, um, so it mainly had to do with, um, I mean, there's several different branches of it, but a lot about farmhouse life. Mm -hmm. So it's about raising, you know, animal husbandry, yeah. um, knowing seasons, planting seasons. So it's like for kids and stuff, right? Yeah. Start. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, but these you know, you're, these are all children who live on farms, so you're kind of looking to go and do what your dad's doing or whatever. You know. So it's like camp. It's like a. It's like camp. You go. You go. No, you go like once a week for meetings, and then you get like my sister. I was never allowed to do this part. My sister was. They had a whole like baking genre, which is hilarious because I grew up to be the pastry chef. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, they had the very domestic like house, like the home ec part. Home ec part of it yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. So it basically just had to do with like it's like the farmer's almanac for children. <laughs> like, okay. I feel like yeah. honestly, it taught you about growing seasons. Taught you about animal husbandry. Yeah, I wasn't exposed to any of that because I didn't grow up in a rural environment. Yeah. You know? like, so, yeah. This is all stuff I saw on like TV or heard about, you know, from show. I used to get up almost every morning on time to watch the Palmer's Almanac. It was wow. like 5 a.m. I didn't mean to, I just woke up and right. be the only thing on TV. Huh. You know, back in the days when we had those lines that ran through the TV after midnight. You mean the test pattern? Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do, they do the, whatever, the American anthem, and then that was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good old man card you can pull on young people and present them with the image of a time when all the screens were off. There's nothing to watch on any screen. You know, like there was a time, there's three, four, five hours during a day where they couldn't get up in the middle of the night and just watch whatever shows tailored just to their own needs and desires. Nope. You just, you didn't have that. There's nope. not, there's before, pre VCRs even, you know, where you could pop in a tape, you know, and, yeah. Pre cable, pre like any of that. Yeah, there's just not enough programming. 
They didn't have enough programming to run 24 hours. No. Yeah. I mean, the first 24-hour news cycle really was Barack Obama. Full 24-hour. Yeah. Was during. Well, uh, there's there's different stuff like. O.J. Simpson really paved the way. That the, the way that that was covered paved, paved the way for the environment. Yeah. Uh, Rodney King, then O.J. Simpson, like yeah. the, the way that the media covered those things was was like the dress rehearsal for now, where everything's you know exactly TikTok, yeah. 10, 15 seconds. I remember that about yeah. Martha Stewart's going to prison as yeah, well. Yeah, but that was that much was, late. I mean, that's yeah. a lot later. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's like, how much attention can you pay to one thing? Yeah, there's a great documentary on H Long. I think it's 10 parts or something called O.J. Simpson Made in America. It's amazing. I watched the whole it's thing. Like, it's like the story of modern America, you know, which is the prism of that fucked up thing, you know? It's like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, the fact that you just have to be alone with your thoughts or whatever. You know? Well, I mean, that's it's a problem a for that, a lot of people yeah. No, but they get. Ex that's why they get excited about. They think like books are retro or bookstores are all this retro stuff. Hey, man, whatever it takes to get people reading again, I'm fine with that. If you want to think that this is hip and old and cool, please do. Yeah. Do it. Go for it. Educate yourself. No, but like my doorman Preston, who I mentioned before. You know, I don't even know how old he is. I don't think he's thirty yet. Uh, but he, he, yeah, he, he deleted all his social media. He's like reading books. He's trying to be a writer. Nice. So he's reading. Yeah, he says he's like reading a book a week now, which is kind of amazing for a person with clearly like struggles with attention span. You know, like. <laughs> but is it when you have something that's so polar opposite, having been your life, yeah. that you have this need to search out? Yeah. You know, it's like me living in a city, growing up in such a small place. It's like mm. I always wanted to be here. There was something that always just drew me here. I feel like it's with stuff like that, whatever you face, it's the opposite. But I mean, everything you talk about is like all the stuff that you were into, or like you felt like an outcast very early. So. Outcasts know that they they need to escape to go somewhere else where hopefully they'll be somewhat accepted. Well, know? yeah, and that I mean that was another thing about where I grew up. It was like there were lots of kids that were queer. There were lots of kids that were gay. But as long as like you a, like out like. But as long as you didn't acknowledge it, you just don't say it. nobody would beat you up. Yeah. Like you would get given a hard time, but as yeah. long as you didn't admit it. I watched whole families. Yeah. I I come from an area where I watched people who were obviously gay graduate high school get married to another, you know, heterosexual a heterosexual. But how did okay, so not for devil's advocate or whatever, how did you know they were gay? I mean, you know, because they were my friends, and they, they would tell you like what they were like. There were a few people that wouldn't, but yeah, it's just. I mean, how do you know? How do you know you're straight? How do you know when somebody's federal? Like, but the era you're you're talking about is a time when you, that stuff 
was just even outside of rural areas and in urban areas, like it was only just beginning to be acceptable Correct. to have committed relationships that were not like man woman. It was you know, still like, illegal in most states for sodomy. Yeah, right. Uh, this is during the Bill, I mean, Bill Clinton era, um, but you still couldn't say gay. Yeah. What was it? What was it called back then? Don't ask, don't tell. Uh, yeah. That's what it was called. Don't, don't ask, ask, don't, don't tell. tell. Which is fucking what? <laughs> yeah. What? So. You could be gay. You just could not come in. Whatever. Admit it. Like when you were eleven. What? What year would that be? That would have. Can you do math? Yeah. Uh, well, neither of us are good at math. As we've established. So I was born in '79. Oh. So we're talking around '90 or so. Yeah, it's just the 1990, 89, 90, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, a few years later, so in 93, I moved back to Boston. A couple of years later, this great Boston band called Come had an album called Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Yeah. Because the lead singer of that band was, was a gay woman, you know, and it was clearly, although it was never referenced directly, but it was right when Don't Ask, Don't Tell, the policy of military, was, you know, right after that was passed. It was the beginning of some kind of like edging into acceptance of not straight people being being able to live openly in society. So, so it's it's not as weird as 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 you sort of I, you know we're talking about this now in a very very different environment. Yeah. Although there's many people trying to like how to take it back to it at that time, but let's well, yeah. before time. But um, but yeah, people clearly gay people marrying is that's like most of. European, whatever Western history, you know, you know. Yeah. There's other, you know, there's other cultures that had like third sexes and other exactly. things going on, but like exactly. not European and American culture. Not until very. Well, it, it's pretty Christianity. Yeah. I mean, it gets into it gets into historical territory more than anything. The third, the, the idea of a third sex or a, a, like the he she or the yeah. girl, how they call it, he she, girl yeah. boy, yeah. whatever sure. you want to call it. Um, yeah, that, that's all pre Christianity. Yeah. Pre one Yeah, one terms God. like hermaphrodite. Correct. Would you like What exactly? Yes. <laughs> Not, it's, it's an outmoded term, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a person with, with both sexual portraits. You know? I know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was high school with a girl. Yeah. Yeah. That's another, that is another thing that's more common than people realize. Sure. Like everything we were learning, it's all some sort of spectrum, you know, like. Not a hard fast rule, but. No, exactly. I mean, how could it be when nature makes it not so? So yeah, you had no, but at whatever, 10, 11, whenever you were beginning to be a thing you were thinking about, you had no model, no healthy model, or no viable model how to think about any of that, you know? 
No, I didn't deal with my my gayness, so to speak, really until I got into my adulthood. Mm. I mean, I had a couple girlfriends in high school. Like, um, was that hidden or was that like? Was that I got outed by my first girlfriend actually. Oh really? Yeah. I was, she wanted you to just admit you were a lesbian or something? Or I, she just, you know what, I think what she, she was, just really wanted us to be a couple yeah. and to be able to be a couple. I don't think she meant but that's not, But that's not what you wanted? Oh, I was, no, no, I was terrified. Like, I was 14 at that point and, like, um, yeah, she's the first girl that ever kissed me and, like, um, I was a grim... I felt safe in that regard, but like if my parents, I didn't want my parents to know, I didn't want anybody to know. Yeah. Yeah. Also, when you grow up in a situation where you're always told you're a liar and that you do everything for attention, I didn't want that to be another thing of like, oh, you're just doing this because you want attention. Which it became later in life. That's how my sister refers to me now. She's like, I know that's what you say you are. Even though, you know, because it's still a phase. I'm in my 40s and I'm still in this phase of liking girls. It's not real. It's just who I say I am. Also, yeah. You gotta got deal with this whole unicorn thing of the bisexuality, which doesn't exist. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, technically. Yeah. Technically. <laughs> it's not even a thing that exists. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> that, they're just that, that's a person we. There's another one. Now I got to beep a name. We we've been good for that. I I scrubbed off. I think I got all the names out from the recording. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I had to say it. Yeah, yeah. That's, Tony. That's no, fuck him. I'm an right Tony. But like, yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. That's one of the best things that I ever had happen to me. Was that situation? Like as far as dealing with. Uh, somebody who is being, I guess, not homophobic, but what would you even call that? Uh, ignorant? I don't know. Yeah. Proudly. Yeah. Although, like, somebody that, of course, secure in their ignorance. Of course, it's, you know, when you, you know, self-declared king of the local art world, then you got to be. Uh, you know, more with it, more more hip than everybody else, except except for when nobody's listening. Yeah. When you don't think, when you think the coast is clear, that's when your <laughs> colors are revealed. Uh, yes. If he ever could have done that to the wrongest person ever, I think you and I just had a conversation about something about that too before we went that night. Did we? Yeah, we were talking so, about. I mean, this is a so, uh, this is like 15 years ago. I know. Got, yeah, literally 15. Because like, I, I drove him in 08, 09, somewhere in there. That's what. That's the year yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. No, totally. Which is when we get when, when you and I got to know each other. Yeah. yeah. So we met in 07. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because I literally had just gotten married. Right, and I started driving him in 08. Yeah. Or maybe even late 07. I don't know. But like eight, eight and nine were like the main. Like most of it, when I was driving, like every day, but yeah, um, I had yeah connected the other day. Was the closing of my show in Buena Vista, and uh, McNaughton showed up, and we were talking about 
Uh, I, I've, I've got the, the new Lou Reed uh, biography from the, li the library just came out. Yeah. Just reading it. Talk about it. So completely slides right into all these themes. A guy that was conflicted about his sexuality his whole life. Never resolved it. Never, like, not not really. You know, yeah, so well, like, I think when you fall somewhere in between, it's hard. Well, we always traumatized beaten up for being gay, you know, like, yes. but wasn't exactly gay, you know. <laughs> I mean, well, he, he really lucked out with, like, somebody at the end of his life who was also similarly not exactly gay yet. Yeah. Or straight. Yeah. Just like well, life. that's the thing. That's the thing. Like a magical like, being. He met a magical being. Well, but see, we're all out there. That's the that's the thing that I'm talking. Like I I love that about you now. Mm -hmm. Especially like when I'm in Andersonville, I I feel like I see it a lot. Andersonville, Edgewater, because it's such a queer hub in the city. I just see people openly walk around and express themselves and being not even being dragged, just what they are comfortable wearing. And like that takes a whole level of guts that I don't even know how people have. Where, where I live is like that, a lot of it. I feel like, I mean, like, it's yeah. more and more and more and more and more and more yeah. like, I, I feel like the things that we were talking about in the ways that things happened when I was a kid, like, it's completely unfathomable to somebody who's in their 20s now. Yeah. Just because the whole societal attitude had shifted some. It's still better than it was in the 80s and the 90s, you know? In the 80s and 90s, uh, these people you're talking about would have been thought of as surface groups, basically. You would have gone to jail. You could go to jail. Yeah. yeah. But like out on, I mean, just out on the street, there was no street that that was okay to be that way, you know? No, no. Maybe in some like some dark like nightclubs or something, but like not, certain districts of certain towns. But not not whole neighborhoods, not no. like out on the street. Not in the like, day to day. Not in the daytime. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> no. But yeah, with Lou Reed, like all his relationships, almost all his relationships were with people in determined sex. Almost every day, you know. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, so that way, it definitely talks to this moment. But like, yeah. Well, I mean, that's awesome when you get into like the whole question of sex and love, mm -hmm. um, and when it comes to like non-binary, I think that. Sex to anybody. Anybody can appreciate the, yeah. the primal good, bad of what it is in and of itself. You know? um, but yeah, when it comes down to loving somebody and being able to see them for who they are, it makes perfect sense to me that you ended up with somebody who also related in that way. They saw each other in the same light. Yeah. Because you don't feel like you're being judged. I mean, I've had I've had what what is a ton of what is perceived as um, heterosexual relationships, mm -hmm. and I have to say, like most, I have some 
guys don't even didn't even think they were being controlling. But having people tell me the way I cut my hair, like really? Yeah. Like, if you ever cut your hair off, I'm not gonna. I, I, I couldn't be with you. Like shit like that. Like and and when you're with when you're. I'm not trying to fucking earn points or anything, but. I've never once told any fucking woman how great she cut their fucking hair. I know, I don't but know. you. That's really weird. What a bizarre thing to do. There's know. lots of, like, The Sopranos, there's a good example of it. <laughs> the Sopranos were Tony's, like, that's probably when you cut your hair off. Um, but, yeah, to not feel judged by somebody, isn't that the ultimate love? Like to feel like when you feel like you're accepted by somebody for exactly who you are, and you don't have to—I don't have to shave for you. Mm. If I want to shave, I could shave. But if I don't want to, I don't have to. If I want to put all my hair, I don't want to shave my head. You're gonna love me. If I want to get stupid fucking tattoos all over my goddamn face, you're gonna love me. Yeah. Because you love me. And I think it's really complicated for cis heterosexual people to not relate sex and love is the same thing and feel threatened by it when they're with somebody who doesn't identify as hetero. Yeah. And I do think, I don't think it's limited to he heterosexuals. I feel like it's also if you're queer, like you're supposed to be one thing or the other. And when you find yourself in the interim, confusing and a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just yeah. One thing I want to emphasize: there's these two tracks we're like talking about today about like the, the queer stuff and then the abuse, sexual abuse. But I don't think they're. I don't want people to think that they like go together in some way, in some natural way. They don't. You know? What do you mean? Like, there's this horrible thing, like, where... Oh, where people assume that you're queer because you got abused? Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. That's what I mean. Dude, that is so 90s. That is such that, a 90s point that, of view. That's like a... Yeah. yeah no, no, like you, the, you made a all, decision. All that shit, you know, everything old is new again. No, I mean, it's but a, here's the thing, it's like... So as queer as I find myself, I still married a white man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, um, Was there, was, okay, so. Everything about me is presenting, like a lot of people see me as presenting as completely heterosexual and it's until they actually ask me the questions. Until they actually Or they talk actually to you? get to know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, no, it, it really is. I don't I mean that as a compliment. No, I know. I don't mean that as like an I know. I didn't take it as such. But I've known you for a while, so yeah. it's like, that's well, why it's and, funny. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I don't make secret of much, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm you're pretty, a, you lay a lot of stuff out there. I'm, like, not, <laughs> I'm not a closeted human. Yeah. I think because I spent enough time being a closeted human. Yeah, no, they, they hold no no hands whatsoever. I mean, there's tons of heterosexual people in the 
world that have had the exact same experience. Yeah, that's what I mean. Not exact same experience, but similar. That's one of the fucked up explanations for like child abuse or child yeah. whatever. Well, is but that, these and things then it, also it turns happen. you like gay. Yeah, but how does like it turn you gay when it's done to you by a heterosexual person? Yeah. You know, like. Well, because you're so horrified by this that that you you swing way swing. to a polar opposite. See, I like, think it's not. Well, I mean, there makes some... no fucking sense. It's just a thing that's. I wanted to bring it up because it's yes. a thing that there are plenty people of people that believe this shit. Biased you know? about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there is something to be said about people who go through trauma seeking out the opposite of what they have found. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what they, they've had presented to them in their, their life, but that doesn't have to do with sexuality. That doesn't have to do with who you are at the core of yourself. You should be able to know that. Right. But like, contrast, you know, despite like some of the horrible experiences that you've shared, like you've never struck me as a person that just like flat out just hates men. Oh you know, no! Like, you don't hate men. I love men. I mean, you're it's a man. Kind, kind of amazing to me. You know, like in, in light of some of the thing, some of the experiences. I mean, well, I shouldn't like women then either. I guess so. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a full-on human problem. <laughs> it's totally a human it's condition like, problem. Whatever yeah. parts or presentation or preference, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like a full-on just I mean, species I, problem. <laughs> I will say that there is some level of, I, I dare say, truth to it. I'm not, but I think it's a bias that's learned much later in life. Like, I don't, when I date men, I don't date white men. Uh-huh. Right. I don't. And it's not because I don't... Well, one, it's just I date people who are attracted to me, and yeah. it tends not to be the white man. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, there's a very true factor of, like, all the bad things that have ever happened to me when it comes to, like, the male persuasion. There's all, there's all crackers. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of white dudes, yeah, yeah. White dudes because you. No, I don't. I think I date outside of my race more just because people who've been marginalized have better understandings mm. of marginalization. Um, I, and it's not like I'm a, like effectively and affirmatively like opposed. Yeah, right. And from what I understand from Stella Dallas, that's normal. Like, to remove yourself and to go towards mm-hmm. the opposite of what you've experienced is a pretty normal reaction. But yeah, it's not like it makes you gay. Yeah, that's what I mean. I just wanted to at least register my personal vote and say, like, it does not make I, you gay. I don't think that, yeah, childhood. Child abuse. No, I mean sexual abuse turns you queer. Well, it's like what you way. read in the the trauma book, yeah. like where it goes through. Like one in four kids in the United States go through this. Yeah. Well, like I said, like when we started, like every woman I've been with, almost everyone, maybe not everyone, but ninety percent mm-hmm. have like a full-on rape story. Yeah. You know, like not just. Not like a harassment, like a fucking rape. You like know? I gave up because that was yeah, what yeah, I had to do. Yeah, because I had to get through this. Or yeah. 
I didn't say anything or I like, didn't do anything. Or... And, and like a lot worse than that. Yeah. Like shit, yeah. like, the, you know, like being thrown in a fucking trunk of a car. Like there's stories, there are horrible, horrible things I heard. And people that I, women that I was involved with. And, most of most of the men that I've been involved with in my life have told me it's similar. Like yeah. most of the women that they've known, right, have a story. But but be, I mean, four generations ago we were property. So yeah, right. Or I guess six and generations. I, yeah, ago. I absolutely not a say in. I'm not been that great in relationships, but I've never fucking even considered telling a woman to cut her, cut her fucking hair a certain way. I, I don't understand Oh that. no, I've been told by multiple partners, like, like when I started getting heavily tattooed. That, that somebody didn't like that? Oh yeah. I, I don't what was the what was the complaint that was like made you trashy or something or no like I just I just don't like sleeve tattoos why would you get a sleeve I'm like because I want one and it's my body yeah it's weird to me like stuff like that just on like a even like not even control level it means that that person has like a, a set image in their mind of the thing that they're attracted to or like the like the kind of person they want to fuck, like yeah. in crude terms. And once you deviate from that, then they then they get angry. Mm -hmm. I've never had a, that picture in my mind. If you put a bunch of pictures of like the women that I've been with, there's not. Oh, that's the they same. They Every, everybody's so massively different. different. They're different shapes and sizes. You yeah. Know, like, but a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. They just have. That's that's fucked up don't. to me that they have a fixed like. It's their work, like it's I mean, their type, like having a type. Say, I don't, ha I don't know, I don't have a type. Oh yeah, no, that, I mean that's what's hilarious. Like, like I said, not dating, dating outside of my room since I left Todd. Mm -hmm. Somehow now I've gotten labeled as all I date are people of color, and I have friends of mine that are like labeled by whom. Just people around because that's all they. They just notice that you did. Like yeah, that's what they they perceive as my world. Yeah. It's like you haven't known me long enough. You don't know who I am to judge who I am. Like. Yeah, that's only what like ten less than ten years of your life. I don't know. It's been thirteen now. Thirteen. Oh, okay. Oh wow. Because I left in twenty twelve. Oh, okay. And even with then, I wasn't dating that entire time. So that's 11, so. 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. 11 years? 2012 to 2013. Yeah. 11. It's yes. 11. I'm terrible at we're, math. We're, we're both so second at math. Like, no, I, I'm not good. The only good math I'm at is. Yeah, in the bar, like in a, in a place, I'm, I'm good yeah. at that math. The retail math, I'm good at. Yeah. Every other you math, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So they, yeah, that's so the ten, yeah, eleven so years of your life out of out of we're not going to say how old you're. Because that's we not. We can say like yeah. forty plus years. Forty like, I'm plus. Fine with yeah. It. I, I'm not ashamed of my age, but yeah. I just don't let you know who I am. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the perception has been since then that I only date, and sometimes it's like I only date black men, and I'm right. like, 
basically. That couldn't be farther from the truth. Yeah. Like if you held it, if, and that's also excluding the whole side of me. Like people see that and they think that it's, like I said, a lot of times I present, I guess, as a heterosexual. People assume I'm a heterosexual female, so they don't even think about this other side of me. Mm -hmm. There's a whole another life. And all different shapes, all different sizes. Yeah. Women too, and not just women. I've been with people who are trans, like. Yeah. So what are the like the men that you you've dated? Are are they in general? Would you say okay with that or not? Well, they no. Not, they're not okay with that. No, not not straight men. No. Yeah. No. But, they know, but they're being, they're made aware of that fairly early on, I Oh, or, I know. Not, yeah, no, I, I'm completely honest with you. Yeah. Right. 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 I mean, what's the point? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I have I'm going to confuse somebody and manipulate them? Like, no. A lot of the times, at first, they think it's super fucking cool. Because right. so you want to know why? They think they get to have a threesome. Right. They're yeah, like, they, they think they're going to live out some porno fantasy. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah. And it's like, mm, nope, that's my life, not yeah. an actual, like, yeah. we're not on some weird website. Yeah. I actually feel this way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, does that mean for, for you? Does that mean that you really like you? You're never. You don't never want to be monogamous, or, or you are. Oh no, I am a monogamous. You, you know, I've always, yeah, I've always. I am more of a monogamous person in general. Like I've tried the whole dating thing. It's just not me. Like I. Like I'm very interested in this. Like, and there's absolutely no judgment on how you square that. Oh yeah. So it's just one person at a time, but it's just the one person that I can fall. It so can basically, what it comes down yeah. to is, I could fall in love with anybody. Yeah. Literally, gay, straight, yeah. trans, right. non-binary, asexual, paraplegic. Yeah. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Sexual orientation or physical yeah. orientation at all. It's who you are as like, at your core. As a person, yeah, I just the whole like. Some people are about it. Some people, that's what the life that they want. They don't want to be monogamous. And honestly, monogamy is a crazy Christian ideal that has been impressed upon. That's kind of why I'm interested in it. So yeah, I have these conversations have a regular at the bar, and she, 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 but like always stresses polyamorous. And does this like is with various people for yeah. various amounts of time, but even like talking to her several times, sooner or later there will be one person in that equation that will not be happy. There will not be enough. Typically, no. You know, like, I mean, that's I don't know any, if anybody can keep balancing it over time. But that's know? any equation. That's even monogamous relationships. Yeah. Like to put so much emphasis yeah. in. in, in um, reliance on one person in a certain way is going to be suffocating no matter what. Somebody's going to be unhappy. No, right? I mean, from from my personal point of view, I'm at, I'm interested in listening to, about all this stuff because 
have clearly failed at this traditional like you make a life with one person thing. And well, I don't think you failed. Maybe that's not your path. No, I've learned that that's not really what I, I need or want. So it's not a failure. But like I'm programmed by society to do that, you know? To think of it as a failure. That's what you're programmed by society. No, no, but that, 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 that is what everybody's striving for. Is to like build a life with one other person, which includes really like the big non-starter for me is the cohabitation. Really, <laughs> it's like living with another person in one one place. Hey man, I, I so love living on my own. Well, but we also know people who have relationships like that who yeah. cohabitate but have been together forever. Don't, but yeah, they're part time. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that that's like at least hypothetically. And that's a that healthy relationship, like, right? Seems like a great a model. A loving, healthy yeah. relationship. Like that. That is a successful relationship. It's just different. Yeah, yeah. And that's the same thing with like sexuality. It, 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 a healthy relationship is a healthy relationship. So yeah, like it just may look different. Yeah, yeah. But, so then, like, yeah, the guys you've been with, like, once, yeah, like, that's what, like, where does, say you're attracted to a woman, or, like, how does that even work, work in, or when you tell them? Oh, yeah, no, I've always been very honest about if I find other people attractive, yeah, I think that's an important, that's what keeps you honest in relationships yeah. in general, right. you know, like, everybody... Anybody can yeah, be so attracted to, and, and you should be. If you're in a healthy relationship, yeah. you should be able to be attracted to other people and go, that is normal because right. they are an attractive human yeah. and they are intelligent. And there's nothing wrong with yeah. me, but I don't have to fuck them. <laughs> no, monogamy, I've always been a pair of, like, I, I was at certain points made the believe that I shouldn't be a monogamous human because of me being non-binary. That people assume that you need. Oh, somebody told you that? Oh, I've been told, I don't know, oh my God. I don't know how many times in my life I've been told that I don't exist or the way that I feel is not real. What's it like being a ghost? <laughs> I mean, I'm or transparent. An imagi ima imaginary being, yeah. 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 